you know, so when my friend was starting to give me these bootlegs and then the lives, the live set came out, like I said, it all clicked. And, and I knew you were going to ask me what I knew you were going to ask me, like, what about the music spoke to you? And I, I wrote it down. So it's like the power, it's, it's the power, the energy, his connection to the audience and actually how amazing the band is. Like at that point, you know, 15, 16 year old me only ever really cared about was the front man. And then when you realized how amazing the E Street band was and then the, the main thing that really you know, caught my attention and really pulled me in was this is the first um, artist that I ever listened to that told stories. The songs told stories and the songs had characters. And those aspects really just like they they captured me, you know, like that I was hooked. And welcome to a new episode of Set Lusting Bruce, your podcast all about Bruce Springsteen, his music, and mostly his fans. I am your host, Jesse Jackson, and joining me today is one of my new online friends, a fellow podcaster, and a fanatic Springsteen fan, Skip Sherman. Welcome to the show. Jesse, I am so honored to be here. I'm... I'm had this day circled on my calendar, I think, for three weeks already, and finally we're we're recording, so it's awesome. Yes, uh, Skip is from uh, our friends up north. Yeah, I Montreal, all, Canada. I always love having Canadian guys and gals join me because uh, it's always so much fun. And uh, yeah, we're gonna. So we got a lot to talk about today, listeners. We're gonna talk about Skip's podcast. We're gonna talk maybe a little John Hyatt. We're gonna throw in he has he's a major. Um, Springsteen fan. We may even get to sports during the pandemic because his podcast leans a little toward the sporty wide. Mm-hmm. So, but to start out, um, tell us a little about yourself. Well, I am from Montreal, Canada. Born here, raised here, still living here. As a matter of fact, I I I, I, I am married. I have two teenage children, uh, kids. They're not children anymore. I have two teenagers. Um, I actually live in the same Montreal suburb that I myself grew up in. So it's sort of comes full circle or maybe, you know, some people say, well, you just sort of stay in the same place. But, um, like, um, I mean, that's, that's my life. And yeah, I, I, mean, I, I tell yeah. you what, I trust enough said two teenagers. Yeah. Uh, we talked before we hit record, right? My, I have one, Chris is now 31 and so oh he's become, you know, we're, we're, you know, bonding and we have this friendship um and um boys girls what's i have a son matthew 19 and selena is 17 okay yeah and uh are they music fans are they sports fans how Uh, how well no matthew's a huge sports fan Mm -hmm. um he took after his dad you know yeah uh jesse we haven't mentioned this and you didn't know this about me because you've only been listening to my podcast since we sort of exactly off of sports yeah but uh, and I, I don't know how to break this to you, but uh, I'm a Philadelphia Eagles fan. <laughs> you know, it, when, it, it, with 
with Springsteen, there is there is a brotherhood that goes beyond sports fandom. Right. Um, I cannot tell you, uh, Skip, how many people have, you know, like that are Eagles fans or Giants fans or yeah. or the Washington team. Um, I don't get too many Washington teams, but I do get a lot of Giant fans yeah, for sure. and and Philly fans for you know with that you know, New Jersey, you know, yeah. East Coast, are like, I can't believe I'm friends with a Cowboy fan. So, <laughs> <laughs> uh, so yeah, it is, it's it's kind of funny. Um, I do need to tell you a, a, a story since you talked about your son being a fan. Um, I The sports station I listen to a lot here in Dallas is The Ticket. And uh, they had their two afternoon hosts were talking about their kids um, or teenagers, you know, have don't have any interest in sports. Oh, wow. Like they'll they'll go, oh, Dad, I'd rather play Call of Duty, or I'm, you know, I'm doing something. And then afterwards they'll go, Oh, did the Cowboys win? Uh, no, they didn't. Ah, oh, typical. They always lose. Or did they win? Oh, yeah, that's good. And so my son Chris is calling me like, Can you believe that? Or, did you hear the story? Or, yeah, I said that's, I guess that's the way I'm feeling. Because I'm not a huge hockey fan, okay. and so like on the stars, I'm and as we're recording this, right? They they're they've made they're it to the, the stand. Yeah, yeah, they've made it in the finals, and so unfortunately, um, you know, I, I kind of oh they're playing, and then I may Google you know to see the score, and then maybe flip over, but mostly it's like oh did they win? Oh good, or they didn't lose? I didn't. So I don't have the emotional trauma of like watching the Texas Rangers, you know, when they right. play and, you know, when they went to the World Series against St. Louis and, you know, blew it in game six and, you know, or, you know, watching the Cowboys and do that. So um, Chris is like, yeah, I, he said, I, I, either you raised me wrong or you raised me right, Dad, but he <laughs> live and dies by the Cowboys. He so, does live and die by the Cowboys. Oh, That's yes. He, yeah. Oh, he will quickly tell you, Skip. Um, he was born in February of 89. So he said, I was born during the Landry era, Dad. Okay? <laughs> I'm a Landry baby. Jerry may have bought the team in February, yeah. but when I was born, Tom Landry was still the coach, and uh, Jimmy Johnson didn't happen until I was like three weeks old. So right. I am a Landry baby. So, But having a son, like my having a son who's a big sports fan, as he's growing up, and, and like, you know, with – with a son and a daughter, so often me and my wife had had to divide and conquer, right? So my son played ho- hockey all his life. I would always go and take him and be involved with hockey. And meanwhile, my daughter's doing gymnastics, and my wife is taking care of that aspect. So it's sort of like Team A and Team B, you know? Sure, in our absolutely. But like as they're growing up, what ends up happening is my son being so into sports, and that and my daughter just you know not interested at all but like doesn't didn't care about watching tv let's say so it's like the question of like what what's on what are we going to watch are we going to watch any tv tonight and then right away my son's like well we got to watch the hockey game you know yeah, so yeah. then so now all of a sudden it's like two against one so my wife's like i guess we're watching the hockey game or i'll go do something else you know so <laughs> i always had like the built-in excuse and now it's sunday afternoon the eagles are on the eagles are on my wife knows sunday afternoon skip and matthew are watching the eagles you know <laughs> so um wait this is <laughs> um, so we Chris, sports a little no, bit too yeah, quick so, yeah, yeah. No, we're, we're going to get to Bruce. Hang with me, listeners. So, um, you know, he was very young. He was born in 89. And so 
uh, he wasn't really have sports consciousness, you know, during the Aikman years. Mm-hmm. But um, he was aware enough that um, Switzer's first year NFC Championship game, the Cowboys are down twenty-one nothing within the first three or four minutes. Yeah, right? I remember it. Yeah, and. He starts crying. <laughs> he is crying like he had fell down and broke something crying. You yeah. know, just tears that, oh, the Cowboys are going to lose. And I'm like, you know, Chris, you know, the year you were born, you know, they were one and, you know, three and 13, and they've gone one and 15. <laughs> you know, we support this team no matter what. It's okay. Right, right. And Linda's looking at me like, you, you. You did this. You did this. <laughs> so to remind him, it's not always. I always tell my son, look, the Eagles won the Super Bowl a couple years ago. Yes. Right off the bat, enjoy it. Yes. Love it. I got to enjoy that with my son. We enjoyed it together. Yes. It, it was a moment, you know, like yes. we're going to always have that. And you can't win every year. You just can't. I mean, the New England Patriots aside, they're an anomaly, you know, like. The the way the NFL is, you know, you go from last to first, first to last. Exactly. Teams make the playoffs, don't make the playoffs. It's like I'm I'm so happy that we had that Super Bowl exactly. years ago because you don't know if it's gonna ever come again. And you know? and one of um one of our best friends, um Andy, is an Eagles fan, yeah. and so um Chris will give all kinds of grief to Andy before they play, <laughs> and then when the Eagles win. You know, Andy calls and Chris won't take his call. And Andy is proud. He's like, damn right he shouldn't. I love that boy. Exactly. Like, you should give me crap and then refuse to talk to me. You know, he's all, you know, just just loves that. Um, And then what what was hilarious is um, as Chris started getting older and older, uh, you know, he's – probably like your son is about hockey right yeah like, like chris would go oh yeah um offensive holding 62 oh you no. know I mean, before hockey, yeah yeah hockey here is like it's genetic you know it's yeah it's we're on a different level you know like yeah. so <laughs> yeah. you know chris was calling plays before you know the the referee would call it and and she he would like okay and 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 Linda would always say, you know, if you put as much effort in your schoolwork oh as you did that. But Jesse, um, that's the story of my whole life. Right? My life, not my son, my life. You know? like, so, I can only use the, some of yes. a, a tenth of the knowledge I have of sports into like other ways, you know, like it's unreal. So um, he ended up going to Stephen F. Austin. Um, he got his degree and um, in he he was he wanted to be a firefighter, so wow. he got a degree in public administration with a minor in kinesiology, thinking that you know he could um, become a firefighter, and then as he got older, move into you know city management. Uh, but when he graduated, there was just a horrible economy, and there there were no fire um, you know no no city were hiring firemen, uh, firefighters. So he ended up going to work for the same company I worked for just as a side, like, okay, this will get me through. He joined, he did technical support, which is I manage a technical support center and he started being really good at it. And then he got into account management and now then he's, you know, he's been there seven or eight years and he's like, He's really successful, much more successful than I was at his age, and <laughs> and and so, um, 
every once in a while, Lindo said, well, I guess he did, you know, end up being able to do more than just watch sports. Right. So, yeah. Right. Oh, so that's great. Uh, well, I, I, I wish your Eagles the best, except when they're playing the Cowboys. Right. Uh, you know, it is, I, I hope we get a full season. Uh, I am worried that COVID-19 is going to rob us of it. Um, yeah. That's what Chris and I fear is, okay, we, we, We've gotten rid of Garrett, which, by the way, I, I supported Garrett way too long because he was a Springsteen fan. Uh, oh, you know, we, I didn't know that. <laughs> yes, he is a huge Springsteen fan. I didn't know that. He got a raw deal. Yeah. He, was, he was okay. He yeah. was a fine coach. Yeah. You know. So, um, so okay, we got McCartney. We've, you know, we, we've got this. You know, we got Lamb in the first round. Yeah. And what it's going to happen, we're going to be like – then of course we lost the first Sunday, but we're going to be doing great. And then like we'll be, be CD will be over. Like yeah, we're like you know we're like five and two or you know six yeah. and one. And like oh sorry, <laughs> we got to shut the kicks down. It would be so difficult. I'm just taking it one Sunday at a time. Honestly, yeah, we'll yeah. see where it goes. The fact that they're even playing is like a bit. I think like, I agree absolutely. Yeah. Well. Skip, I always like to go to the beginning. So talk to me. You grew up there in Canada. Mm-hmm. What kind of music did your family listen to? What what kind of music were they into? Well, there's a big age difference between my mom and my dad. So um, my dad got married when he was 40, and my mom was 23, if you could imagine. So um, my dad's music was like the swing music and the big band music. So even myself, a teen in the eighties, you know, like it was old fashioned music, you know, I was not interested at all. But then on the other hand, my mom being so much younger and my mom was born in England and so was her whole family. So my mom always had this, um, this attachment and, and this, this uh she was so proud to, of like that she was a brit you know so um the beatles and all like uh you know the british in, uh, invasion style music was always sure. big in our home it was always big in our home so even as a very even as a young kid even 10 10 and under you know i was always exposed to sort of this british music pop rock type of stuff and i mean i always had this in my mind, like I always knew, like there's the Beatles and there's everybody else, <laughs> you know, like that was like the hierarchy, you know. And then, then when I started to, you know, discover more music, I realized, well, I'm not that far off, you know. <laughs> like honestly, the Beatles are at the top, you know. So, did um, have you, as you're older, do you like, do you have a little more uh? enjoyment of big band music and and like well this, yeah, yeah yeah i mean at a certain point even when i was in my 20s you know it it had this sort of resurgence you know even with bands like the mighty mighty boston's and stuff like this you know like um there there was a kind of resurgence of that style of music and i definitely can appreciate it but you know as a teenager when you hear sure, like absolutely. this swing music you're like what the hell is this you know it's like glenn it miller yeah what is exactly. this Sinatra guy? Exactly. <laughs> yeah i can imagine <laughs> Yeah. Um, as you started going into high school, sure. what kind of bands were you into? Well, you know, I always gravitated. It, it's funny to to say now, like when I was a teen, I gravitated towards rock, right? 
But back in the 80s, the rock was the popular music, you know? It's not like now where, like, rock is sort of on the fringe, you know? Aside from Bruce, you know? There is, like, uh, Bon Jovi, uh, U2, Tom Petty, Brian Adams, you know? Like, uh, and then even when I was younger, when I was more like 11, 12, 13, like Styx and Ario Speedwagon, like, I liked all that music, you know? But um, the radio station that I listened to, because I liked the popular rock songs that were on the radio was this local station here that's still around. It's called Shome FM and they're like a classic rock station. So because I listened to like the, the current music of the day, I also got exposed to, you know, Led Zeppelin and Pink Floyd and the real classic rock, you know, from the seventies, you know? So, um, that's sort of, that's my style of music, you know, but like back in those days, we didn't have the internet, you know, like how did I find out about music? I used yeah. to buy Rolling Stone magazine. You know, I used to buy Rolling yeah. Stone magazine. I used to get that edition where they'd come out with like the 50 greatest albums of the rock era or the 100 greatest singles. You know, these they would have these issues every now and then, you know, with these big lists. Yeah. I used to study these 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 um those 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 editions like like I'm like I used to study them. I read yeah, the I same way you them did. over and over, you know, like it was like yeah. a it was like a reference encyclopedia almost of music, you know, Absolutely. and that's how you found out about new music, you know, did uh, do you remember when you first discovered Bruce? Oh, sure. Well, I mean, I always knew about Bruce. Like, like I said, I listened to like classic rock radio. So like they would play Born to Run. They would play different songs, you know, like I, I was always aware of Bruce. And then obviously, Born to, Born to, uh, Born in the USA came out when I was 15, and it had huge, you know, it was huge, right? Dancing in the Dark, Born in the USA, uh, like all there was so many hits, right? Glory Days, right? Like I don't have to tell you the list of songs on the album, um, but at that at that point, to me, Bruce Springsteen was just another one of these rock acts, like almost equivalent of, you know, Tom Petty or any of the other music that I just sort of listened to. I didn't have like that much of a, like, it didn't like catch on to me, but so, I mean, I know you've seen the movie Blinded by the Light. So <laughs> there's that scene in the movie where a kid in school, you know, introduces him to Bruce, right? And and Absolutely. when I saw when I saw that movie, I was like, oh my god, <laughs> did they? <laughs> this happened to me. Yes. You know, like the same thing happened to me. A kid I was friends with, we just I, I don't even know how it started. You know, a, kid, a guy I was friends with in in high school had an older brother, and the older brother was a Bruce maniac, and you know by the osmosis, the younger brother also like knew everything about Bruce. You know. So he introduced me to Bruce by he would lend me like uh, he he knew all he knew that all I knew was Born in the USA. That's all I knew. Sure. That album. And then all of a sudden he would bring me. We were doing cassettes back in those days. You know, he's like, listen to this. Born to Run. Darkness of the Edge of Town. Listen to these. You know, The River. Oh, my God, The River. You know, he's like the Encyclopedia of Rock and Roll. You got to listen to this. And then uh, and then he had bootlegs. His brother had this catalog of bootlegs. <laughs> Every week he's giving me new bootlegs that I'm all that's all I'm listening to. Right. So then the live 75 to 85 came out. And when that box set came out, that is when it clicked for me, you know, like listening to all those bootlegs, listening to the back catalog and the live set 
like I wrote it down here. That's my Bible. <laughs> like, that's it. You know, when I listened to that, I didn't need to listen to anything else ever again. That was it. I did, that's all I needed. That's 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 great. Yeah, that's true. I, I know. Yeah. Um, the and I do think I, I've been talking to a few people and Blind by Light comes up a lot. Yeah, and, it does, right? You know, and, and the idea and, you know, I'm fixed to ask you the question, what about his music spoke to you? Yeah. Um, and I think a perfect example that, right, like here is this kid in the United Kingdom Pakistani background and you know some guy from Jersey is <laughs> is speaking to him it just doesn't right. make sense but it makes sense yeah it's, you know so when my friend was starting to give me these bootlegs and then the lives the live set came out like I said it all clicked and, and I knew you were going to ask me what I knew you were going to ask me like what about the music spoke to you and I, I wrote it down so it's like the power it's the power, the energy, his connection to the audience, and actually how amazing the band is. Like at that point, you know, 15, 16 year old me only ever really cared about was the front man. And then when you realized how amazing the E Street band was, and then the, the main thing that really, you know, caught my attention and really pulled me in was this is the first um, artist that. I ever listened to that told stories the songs told stories and the songs had characters and those aspects really just like they they captured me you know like that i was hooked you know i totally understand absolutely yeah. and you know it just you it, there is so much there you know it's like the uh john stewart clip right like you're um you're not a loser from Jersey. You're a loser from Jersey in an epic tale or something. I, <laughs> exactly, you know, right? you know it, yeah. it just it makes that difference. Um, yeah. So once you got that box set, that yeah. was it, right? You're like, well, okay. you know, the first box set that I got was cassettes, right? Yes, absolutely. <laughs> and then, and then, so that was like '85 or '86, whenever it was. And remember, I went to the local record store. Uh, it's like uh, they had. It was. You remember when it came? Oh. Well, I mean, you remember what came out, but I know your story. You didn't become a fan until The Rising, right? Well, so I was – just to share, I was a casual fan, right? Like um, mm -hmm. in, in in 1980, I had started dating um, Linda, who I ended up marrying in 84. But um, we – she had a good friend named Lisa, and Lisa Mesh went to school on the East Coast. And she – you know, and so Linda and I are dating, and so, you know, you have to meet your – your, right. your girlfriend's friends and so we're we're meeting and lisa's talking about this this guy named bruce springsteen that she's meeting and and i i, I never can do the the joke uh justice because i can never remember but she says yeah there's this joke going around that you know that um and you go through all the different biological names of you know you have the lowest species and then you're up and you're up and you know you keep going up and up and then you you get to mammals and then you have the boss <laughs> and then of course there's god ah, there <laughs> right? we go. okay. and and um so i i bought the river and liked it yeah. um and then um i remember like everyone buying 
born in the USA, like everyone else in the USA. And I remember buying Tunnel of Love and, and liked it. And, and I also bought the box set. Um, but, like, I didn't buy anything. Like, I saw that um, Lucky Town was being released. But, eh, you know, I've got a kid. You know, Chris is six or seven. Uh, I just... I, I don't have, and I was really into local music at the time. There was, uh, we, there was a big local music scene in Dallas. Uh, Brave Combo, which is a rock and roll polka band, uh, a lady named Sarah Hickman, uh, who was a singer songwriter uh, that we had gotten to be friends with. So, you know, uh, Edie Brickell and the New Bohemians, and oh, wow. you know, all these local Dallas bands and do Bellum. So we were going to a lot of live shows, and and so I just Bruce was kind of out of mind. Um, and then when I saw him for the first time at the Rising, I went, uh, okay, this yeah. is something different. Yeah. Okay, now I need to do that. Um, I always like to preface this, you know, Skip, that the amount of times you've seen Bruce is not a fire barometer of how big of a fan you are. But right. for the record, how many times have, do you count how many times you've seen him? Yes, it's not a big number. I, I'm so happy that you always preface this question with it doesn't. It doesn't stop the yeah. proper barometer. So I've, I've seen him three times. Um, and thanks to your podcast, I discovered the website My Boss Time. Yes. <laughs> I went down a big rabbit hole there for a whole afternoon. <laughs> Isn't that – I mean, it, one, I'm so glad you do that. And two, I warn people, right? Like, okay, it's, this is this is a beautiful rabbit hole. But don't give scary. me – Yes. Like, you can lose track of time and – yeah. So I was so like I said I've seen him three times but what I was amazed about is he's only ever come to Montreal eight times. Okay. And some of those eight times I was like five years old. Yeah, you know? exactly. <laughs> so I'm not doing that bad, all things considered. Yeah. Although you know there's these people that you know like you say you know you travel around or you can go see him in other cities, but you know it, I just just didn't happen for me. So I can tell you all the three times. Okay. <laughs> it's not please. such a big list. You know, you have some guests that are like, well, I've seen him more than 50 times. I lost track. So, yeah. Um, yeah. So the first time I saw him was at the Amnesty International concert. It was in 1987. Nice. So that was at the Olympic stadium in Montreal. And actually we and Josh did a podcast about uh, the best concerts we've ever seen. And that, that one was on my list, but but what you need to understand is that the Olympic Stadium is probably the worst venue in the world for a concert. Okay. Like it's it's really terrible. So the fact that that concert was still great is just a testament to you know the acts that were there and you know him and Sting and Peter Gabriel and you know just the and you know I was 17 so it was like a big deal and at this huge concert the whole world's talking about you know so it was pretty cool to to be part of that. Was Petty playing that one? Uh, no. Okay. No. It was uh, Bruce Sting, Peter Gabriel, Tracy Chapman, and um, Petty, I forget. Yeah. Petty must have done no nukes then, I'm thinking, right? I think that's right. I think that's yeah. right. So yeah. do you hear that? Do you know that story? No. Okay. So don't know if this is true or not, but supposedly, apparently, as they say, um, they went to Tom Petty and they said, okay, when you go out to perform – you're going to hear a lot of sounds, and they are not booing you. Uh, yeah. They are saying Bruce. And Petty supposedly said, is there a difference? 
Ooh. <laughs> with a smile on his face. And, okay. like, you know, like, you know, it's the same message. The same message is get off the stage. <laughs> we want to hear Springsteen. And yeah. so, and, and, um, I don't know if that's true or not, but I want it to be so true because I just think that's, that tells so much about Petty's sense of humor and the yeah. idea of, like, hey, I know where we are. Uh, right. that's, that's awesome. Uh, okay, so you yeah. So you, then you, I yeah. saw him again in uh, uh, the Ghost of Tom Joe tour. I forget the year. I don't remember what year it was. Oh yeah, 90, that's in a the nineties. Yeah, yeah, ninety five maybe. Forget. And then uh, again in the Rising tour, two thousand three. So I have a Twitter follower who um, lives in Winnipeg, and every time he tours, she just pushes social media bruce come to winnipeg bruce come to winnipeg bruce come to winnipeg because he's never been to winnipeg wow and um and the reason i care is um not anymore i i still wish for her that he would go to winnipeg but when she first started doing this um i worked for a company that had a small office in winnipeg oh wow and the seven or eight employees that worked in winnipeg like most of them indirectly reported to me they had a manager in winnipeg but the manager reported to me and so uh i was like okay i gotta go if Bruce is touring. I got to go to Winnipeg. Um, And I didn't get to see Bruce, but I did get to see um, Brian Wilson was touring with, um, you know, he had done a a Gershwin album of all Gershwin covers that he had kind of mixed in a do style. And he was doing that and he was playing in Winnipeg. He was coming nowhere close to Dallas. You're a big Brian Wilson guy. You talk about him often. And so I went to my boss and I said, hey, I have not gone to Winnipeg in over a year. We have a show. We have a trip budgeted. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'd like to go, like in six weeks or something, you know. Yeah. And he says, "Well, yeah, I th- you know, I think it's time for you to go." I said, "No, no, I need to give you clear disclosure. The reason I'm picking this date is <laughs> <Yeah>. that <laughs> this artist I like, Brian Wilson, who you you know, f- f- who wrote all the Beach Boy songs, is performing. So that's why I'm going that week." Was it winter when you were there? Uh, no, it was. Um, okay, good. Yeah, Relax. it wasn't. No. Um, in fact, I one of my regrets is I've never. I didn't ever make um, a Winnipeg trip in uh, winter. Um, it's freezing. It's really, really cool. Well, and, and right, and um, my son did not stay very long. He went all the way through Cub Scouts, and then he got a couple years in Boy Scouts, um, <laughs> then decided he didn't like it. But one of the things you could do is you, you earn a polar bear badge if you camp, and it becomes it's over if it's under freezing right um you know you earn a polar bear badge and i used to always joke that there should be a polar bear badge for anyone who visits winnipeg during it the winter you have office yeah. like you earn that because they're yeah. trying to explain to me right like okay um yeah you see those electric plugs in the uh fence where we park that's to plug our cars in our car in. Yeah. yeah like what <laughs> so yes. yeah that's here because uh, you know obviously yeah. yeah canada is a whole different animal when it comes to the winter we were used to it so uh i know you must have been thrilled when you were going to the rising Mm. because um this is the first full show with the full e street band like oh it was amazing and i didn't have tickets i got them by accident oh tell me well i mean just like you kind of said before um 
there was a point in your life when your son was like six, seven, you know, and then going to shows just wasn't a priority, you know, and money no. is tighter it and is. time is a premium. So, you know, 2003, my son was two. My daughter, my son was like uh, not even three. My daughter was a baby, right? And um, a friend of mine from uh, Atlanta uh, was in town. He came over to visit. And while he was here, my sister called me and she's like, I have four tickets to Bruce Springsteen tonight. Do you want two of them? <laughs> and I was like, uh, okay. <laughs> yeah. So, um, and then my friend Mike was at my house. I'm like, we're going to Bruce Springsteen tonight. He's like, yeah. <laughs> and that's, and then we went. And I mean, that, what a show. I mean, like yeah. you said, the Fully Street Band sort of reunited and, the, yes. And I and, you know, like I said, I wasted a lot of time on the My Boss Time website and I look back at the set list and I was like, man, what a concert. I didn't even remember how great it was when you see the when you see the set list. It's unbelievable. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And um, then, of course, you know, the rising itself. I mean, I mean, I know that's the album that got you more or less into Bruce or maybe it's that tour. But yeah, the song The Rising in concert is spectacular <laughs> you know and I, i've said this before in on the podcast but um it's the i have seen him 16 times oh um God. and you know which again right compared to everyone else is a small amount but yeah. i've been lucky enough to do that um and um it's the only show it's the only song he's played every time i've seen him <laughs> that's great yeah so uh so well you can find out because my boss time will tell you exactly, exactly. <laughs> it will it will tell you very much so yeah uh um, amazing thing is when i went on that website because i went to the ghost of tom joe tour you know on the website they'll tell you if you've seen like rare songs yes i mean songs that are like in the bottom 10 percent of songs that he's right. ever played at concerts and i have a bunch of those because the Ghost of Time Joe songs are haven't been played as much, you know. So yeah, and and I don't know how long you were like where it was in the yeah, tour, right? Yeah. But you know, <laughs> toward the end of Ghost of Time Joe, he started doing more typical E Street bands uh, in that style. Yeah. So yeah, well, he played like he played the whole Tom Joe album and mixed in a few others. I I, I just remember does the bus stop at 82nd Street. And, oh nice and it was it was a cool little version you know like yeah i'd have to look at the set list but i, I don't mm -hmm. really you know <laughs> i wish i could remember it better. oh that's great uh that's that's wonderful uh so i have a story about that please concert. share please <laughs> so at the time i was working at a call center and the tickets for Ghost of Tom Joad went on sale. And he was playing at a small theater here in Montreal. Like, those were theater concerts, right? They weren't arena, whatever. It was a, a, a small-ish theater here. And on my lunch and on my break, all I did was call, like, Ticketmaster. Because you, you, there was no internet. I mean, there was, but you you didn't buy tickets on the internet back then. Exactly. I just, I just spammed the number a million times till I got through. And miraculously, I got through. And I got two tickets and I didn't care where they were, you know, right, and, absolutely. and I got them and that was it. And then the next day I'm talking to a guy that I work with and telling him that I got these two tickets. And he's like, you know, my girlfriend really likes Bruce Springsteen. I'd really love to go with her. He's like, 
and you're such a big fan so like how about we do this <laughs> he goes i'll buy the tickets from you and then me and you together will find a scalper and you can get tickets from a scalper i'll line it up he goes i'll do all the work and line it up right so i'm like i'm a little skeptical but i'm sure, like okay let's let, too. okay yeah i'm like okay let's go for this right so sure enough he finds me these these tickets from a scalper, some guy that he knows, a guy that knows a guy that knows a guy, and whatever. So after work one day, we drive to this guy's house, and it's in, we got we'd go to the guy's house, <laughs> and oh, like, and it's in an area of Montreal that I'm completely unfamiliar with. You know, I'm a kid from the west part of Montreal, the suburbs, and I'm as far east as you can get. So I'm like, I I'm not even sure where I am at this point, but. Long story short, we buy the tickets. They were considerably more expensive than the ones that I bought, you know, legitly. Sure. <laughs> you know, but I was expecting that, right? So here we are, the night of the concert. Um, I've got the better seats, which are just, you know, regular 20th row, let's say, or 30th row, whatever, you know. But it's a smallish uh, um, venue that every seat is kind of good, right? And... The show's about to start, and I see the guy, Martin, like, at the other side of my row, and hes I could tell he's looking for me, right? So I'm screaming, Marty, 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 and I'm waving, but he can't see me. He just doesn't see right. me. And then I kind of lose him in the shuffle, and that's it. And then the concert starts. And then I figure, oh, he just wanted to say hi. He was coming yeah. to say hi, you know, whatever. So I see him the next morning. And he goes, you won't believe what happened. You won't believe what happened. I go, well, tell me. He goes, you're going to freak out and you're going to be so mad at me. And I'm like, well, what happened? He goes up to the seats with his girlfriend. They're in the balcony. Yeah. And they're like the last row of the balcony. He's about to sit down. A guy comes up to him and says, are these your seats? He says, yes, these are our seats. And he says, can I see your tickets? He shows him his tickets. He goes, he, go, he takes them. He hands him two seats front row. He goes, here you go. Courtesy Bruce Springsteen. <laughs> So he sat with his girlfriend in the front row. <laughs> and he told me he was looking for me because Dude. he wanted to make an arrangement to sort of switch halfway through, right. but he couldn't find me. Oh. So there you go. That, okay. That's my that's my story. <laughs> so um, I have told this story before in the air. And so listeners, if you you're hearing this for the second time or third time i apologize i do not think because you mentioned you have not you've just recently found the show so okay the second time i saw uh bruce was the devils and dust tour and um i kind of you know i went to linda and i said hey i really want to go see bruce he's here he's going to be in this small venue um we really can't afford two tickets would you care if I go by myself? Okay. And she's like, I didn't like the first one that much. Because, you, know? <laughs> you know, the oh, Rising, he didn't yeah. play anything she knew, right? right? So right. Um, so she's like, yeah, go. So I get there, and I am on um, the, the Verizon Theater is, as you talked about, a small theater. And I am on the f- bottom floor. And there is a top floor on top, you know, a balcony leaning over. So I'm underneath the balcony, the very last row, Skip. I mean, my back, there is yeah. the wall. Right. Okay. To my right is the aisle. To my left is a pillar. Oh, my God. 
Okay. The only seat. Yeah. It's the only seat. I don't care. I'm there. So this guy is walking around and talking to people saying, do you want better seats? Oh, my God. Better seats. And so when he came to me, I'm like, no, I'm fine. I'm fine. Because I'm going, I, you know, it, it was because scalpers, right? The, the, right? When you're in line, scalpers like, hey, seats, 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 seats. Yeah, but now you're in. That's exactly. Count. All of a sudden, after like two minutes, it hit me. Wait a minute. I'm inside the venue. Yeah, <laughs> This exactly. isn't a scalper. So I stood up. I walked over. I said, excuse me, um, do you still have a ticket? Yeah, show me your ticket. And I show him. He goes, okay, here. So, um, and you will appreciate this, being a sports fan. Most people don't. My seats were better than Babe Lothenberg's seat. <laughs> But not as good as Moose Johnston's seat. Oh, so they were there. Moose yes, the yes. In fact, they were Moose, Moose. They were like, for the first time, they weren't saying Bruce. They were saying Moose. Oh, uh, wow. Yes. So, uh, yeah, like I was like seventh or eighth row um, and got awesome. to hear him. And it, so, uh, so I guess this is a common practice in Springsteen shows to help to upgrade the people at the back. Right? I guess so. It sounds like it. And I don't know if he does that for E Street Band shows as well or just right. like these theater seats where, right. Um, right. you know, he's like, OK, I want Bruce to have a um, a good audience. Um, funny show of that. There was um, a, two couples. Um, uh, they they looked college age. Um, I, I do not. I will say. With all apologies to members of fraternities, they looked like a couple of frat guys right. with their um, dates that have probably had surgery. Oh, and, you know, that, you know, <laughs> just typical Dallas, you know, um, you know, big hair and fake boob crowd. Yeah. And um, so they're they're coming in and they're drinking, and um, so he's doing Devils and Dust, right? And like you could just hear. When's he going to play Dancing in the Dark? Oh, my God. <laughs> and so they ended up leaving. <laughs> because, and I don't know if um, – I don't I, – you know, I, I would love to hear the story. Like, were, were they just going there because they thought it would be fun? Were the were the guys actually big Springsteen fans? And then they're like, someone okay, gave them the tickets. Who yeah, knows? yeah. Who knows? Know. But anyway, yeah. yes, it was like, yeah, they were going. That's awesome. But you didn't, you didn't go to – Broadway, Springsteen on Broadway. No, I did get lucky enough. Um, you did. I did. It was. Um, it, wow. it. It. I did not plan on it. I was. Um, I. I knew I could not afford it. So and, expensive. I mean, I was in New York. Yeah. Like I go to New York. Well, I did until this year. Mm-hmm. You know, around yeah. maybe four times a year. Yeah. For work and our office there is right near the theater. So like, yeah. I took my picture outside the theater with the right. poster behind me and everything. But like. Tickets were so expensive, I couldn't, you yeah. know, justify that. There is the first half of our discussion with Scott Sherman. Uh, please come back tomorrow for the second half. We're going to talk about his podcast. We're going to go back more into Little Bruce. We talk some sports. Um, there is, uh, as I, <laughs> I love talking to Skip. In fact, we spent two hours talking and so I've had to edit a lot of the conversation. If you're on our Patreon page, you've got the full unedited two hours. Just a little plug. But uh, for now, thank you guys for listening. And come back tomorrow for the second half of this discussion.
doing a podcast at times can be a one-way conversation, and I hate that. So please let me know what you like and don't like about the work I'm doing. You can reach the podcast via email at setlustingbruce at gmail.com. The show is on Twitter, at setlustingbruce, and my personal Twitter is at jessejacksondfw. We have a website, www.setlessingbruce.com. From there, you can find links to other Springsteen podcasts as well as other music-themed podcasts. We have a page devoted to our own SLB All-Star Band. These are guests who have been on the podcast more than three times. There is a link to our store where you can purchase Set Lessing Bruce shirts as well as a Mary Question t-shirt. There is a link to our Patreon page where you can sign up to help support the podcast financially. We have different levels and different rewards based on your support. If you don't have any extra cash, and right now who does, you can support the podcast by subscribing via your favorite podcast player and leaving us a review. The more reviews we have, the easier it is for people to find us. And please tell a friend about the podcast, especially if they love Bruce or music, because it will make a difference. You just heard the fun talking, hard rocking, music loving, album ranking, fan thinking, joy spreading, lyric reading, story sharing podcast that is the one, the only, Set Listing Bruce. Set Listing Bruce is part of the Southgate Media Podcast Group. The theme for Set Listing Bruce was written by David Rosen, used by permission. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points.